Welcome to the Sunday morning podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Burgess Hill. This message is by Clive Urquhart. Happy New Year to everybody across all four congregations. Happy New Year to Horsham, Crawley, Worthing and Burgess Hill. We're going to launch into our Vision Sunday. We're going to hear what God wants to say to us, what that's going to mean in terms of next steps. And we're going to have an amazing 2020. So let's launch into this morning, into our 21 days of prayer, fasting and worship. And let's see what God's going to do that's going to transform so many lives in this coming year. Hey everybody, I have been really looking forward to today, the 5th of January 2020, where we're going to launch into the new year with prayer and fasting and everything that God wants to do. So I hope you've had a really good Christmas, you've had time to relax, you've had time with friends and family, just to chill out and uh, just get some space and recoup your batteries ready for everything God's going to be doing this month as we, uh, as we meet and gather, pray and worship, encounter Him. And as we really just step into this year with a great expectation of everything God is going to do. So before we get into this year, just want to remind us a little bit of what we're coming off the back of from 2019. So we had a, a great start to the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And God said a lot at the beginning of the year that set the tone for the rest of the year. And so a couple of key things that we're still living in the good of because God hasn't finished with what he said last year. We're in, we're in the, the stages of walking with him in that and through that. And we want to step more fully into that in 2020. God began to speak to us about harvest and harvest in an unprecedented way, unprecedented scale. Not just for us, but in the nation and in the church. And we were pressing into God and we begun to see an increase of people giving their lives to the Lord, people coming back to the Lord and, and God just beginning something new and fresh. We've got lots of new people coming into the life of the church. And so we've just seen the beginnings of that, of, of this phrase harvest on an unprecedented scale. Now with that, God began to speak about rain, the rain of his spirit coming. And we had the example from Elijah when he was up Mount Carmel. He was praying, bent down, interceding. And the seventh time his servant came back with the report, there's a cloud as small as the man, man's hand on the horizon. And he said, get up quick. It's about to rain. And, and there was a release of the Spirit in that moment. And God spoke to us about release of rain. Now, coupled with that, God began to speak to us about rivers of living water and the river that runs from the throne, like in Ezekiel 47. So the river was released from the throne. The further from the throne it got, the deeper it got. And then it turned into a river that began to affect everything and everybody. So how do we kind of translate some of that? If God is releasing something from his throne, how does it get to earth? Well, there's a river that is running from his throne, the river of life, the river of salvation. Then it comes to earth by rain. The Holy Spirit rains down on the earth. And as the rain comes upon our lives and upon the church, that turns into rivers of salvation. And those rivers then take his life out into individuals' lives, to our friends, neighbours, community, region, nation and beyond. And God talks about rivers, not a flood. A flood ruins everything. 
but we want rivers of salvation because rivers have river banks and then God channels that river and it produces life wherever that river goes. So we, we're kind of encouraged by that. We've been pressing into that. We've been seeking God to release more and more of his spirit in a fresh way. And so as we come into 2020, we're not kind of saying, God, are you going to do something else this year? I believe he wants to continue on from what he has been doing, but we see a greater and greater release of his spirit. So he fulfills more and more of what he is saying to us as a church. One of the other things that God began to speak to us about was, was wells, the unstopping of wells. Now, every generation should and here as a church, I hope we are picking up off the back of previous generations that press into God, break through with God and that we stand on their shoulders and we jump forward into the things of God because other people have gone before us and dug wells that we are living in the good of spiritually because what God has said and done. But in each generation, every generation has to dig their own wells also for what God is doing now. There's always fresh challenges, opposition, issues in any generation that might be different or, or worse than the ones before. And so we want to be pressing into God now and digging new wells for God, what God wants to do today in terms of 2020. Coupled with that, God spoke to us about living a next steps life, that we constantly want to be moving forward with God spiritually, relationally and in our witness. There's a lot of things that we, we're going to kind of have a look at today as well in relation to that. But we want to continue to live a next steps life because God is always moving forward. He's always going somewhere to fulfill his purposes. And we want to make sure in our own lives personally, but also together as a church, we are moving and walking forward with him into everything that he is saying and doing. Amen. Brilliant. Now, one of the things that I've been praying into this year, into 2020, is just an increasing sense that's been rising in me. And I know chatting to other people towards the end of last year and what, what God was saying to others and what they were beginning to pray into for this year, for 2020, was this growing sense of God simply wants to come. He just wants to come. Now we can talk about lots of vision, lots of exciting stuff. What does he want to do? What's our response to that? How we, what are we going to do in relation to that? But right at the heart of everything, no matter what we talk about, God wants to come. He wants to do something in an unprecedented way. And it's going to begin as we set this next three weeks aside. 21 days of 24-7 prayer and worship. We want to set this time aside in our lives, put everything else on hold for the next three weeks. A lot of busyness, everything else in the life of the church is stopping. All we're going to do is spend time worshipping, praying, seeking Him, meeting with Him, allowing God to do new and fresh things in us, allowing Him to bring us into more of what He's been saying and doing last year, coming into this year, giving Him space to encounter with Him in a fresh way, in our own lives personally, in our marriages, in our households, in our families, in every congregation and across who we are as a church. 
We're just going to give him space and time because he just wants to come. He wants to saturate us. He wants to deluge us. He wants to move in us so that he can then move through us. So I believe God wants to, to stir and create an even greater hunger in every one of us over the next few weeks. So yes, we're going to have encounter nights every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday evenings. But more than that, we want to set our face to pray and worship constantly for the next three weeks. How does that sound? I'm excited about what God is going to be doing. So 21 days of 24-7 worship and prayer. And a couple of scriptures for you. Psalms 24, verse 9 and 10. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift uh, them up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord Almighty, he is the King of glory. The King of glory wants to come. The King of glory wants to reveal who he is. And then in Psalm 85 verse 9, Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in the land. Why does he want to come? He wants to reveal his glory. What does that mean? He wants to reveal who he is in very real and very tangible ways in people's lives. And why does he want to do that? Because he wants to bring his salvation. His salvation means to completely gospelize people. It doesn't just mean to come with the gospel message so that somebody makes a decision and just says yes to Jesus. His salvation to come and to dwell and to remain in the land is for people to be fully gospelized, fully transformed by him and what he wants to do in their lives. So we're going to have 21 uh, days of night and day, continual worship and prayer to encounter God, defeat the enemy and see his purposes released in a fresh way. How many of you are up for that? Now, just praying into this year and what God wants to do, especially the first part of the year, which is going to set the tone, set the scene. It determines what we believe, what we pray, how we live. So that's why this three weeks of prayer and fasting is so important because it sets the tone in all of our lives, sets the tone for who we are as a body, as a church to pursue him this year. And as I was praying into this year a few weeks ago, uh, God reminded me of something he said to, to me and to us a few years ago. And he asked me, he said, Clive, what do you see? You know, when God asks you a question, you know that he's already got an answer that he wants to give you, uh, but he wants to hear what you're going to say first. And he said to me, Clive, what do you see? And I said to the Lord, well, if you're asking me that question, you obviously want me to see something in the way that you see it. So what do you see? And, uh, and God reminded me of something he said a few years ago, and, and this is what he said, I was, I was sitting one day praying and asking God to speak to me, not expecting him to say what he was going to say. I thought he was going to say something that would bless me, encourage me and all that kind of stuff. And in the midst of that, this is what he said. He said, emergency, emergency, all hands on deck. People's lives are going down. The sea of darkness has overcome them. People are drowning in their own sin, but many don't realise it. The power of death is overcoming them. They need rescuing. They need saving. Who will go? Who will respond? And at that moment, it was like God's heart download being released. I was expecting him to say something, you know, that I thought was going to reveal more of who he is and bless me and oh, I'd be in awe of him or something. 
But yet in that moment, it was like a, a wake up moment. It was like a, a, a bit of a slap round the face in a nice way uh, where God was saying, Clive, this is what I see. I see the state of society. I see the state of people's lives. And, and there's an emergency. And, and I heard this huge bell ringing, trying to get people's attention, trying to get the church's attention. Say, hey guys, guys, uh, don't be focused on this, that and the other. There, there's, a, there's something I want to do on the earth and there's an emergency, all hands on deck. So what do we see? Well, what we see is dependent on what we discern and what we understand God is seeing and God is saying to us. I want to go to a story in Luke chapter 2. We've obviously just had the Christmas season. We've just had Advent and expectation of Jesus coming and some of the stories around Christmas. But I want to just take us back to one of those stories that, that uh, to do with Jesus coming, the birth of Jesus and what happened just after. Because I believe this is really important for us, especially in this next three weeks of prayer and fasting that we're going to be having. Luke Chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. He says, there was, a, there was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, so... Mary and Joseph are taking Jesus to the temple to, uh, to basically consecrate him to the Lord. And, and, uh, and, and at that very moment, she went up to them. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. And there's a few things I just want to bring out uh, that I believe are going to help us for the next few weeks as we kind of launch into this new year. Now she saw something, she caught something, she heard something in the spirit many, many decades before she saw the reality of it. But because she heard something, caught something, saw something, she then set her life in relation to what she heard, what she saw and what she caught. And the first thing, it says she never left the temple. What does that mean for us? The temple represents the presence of God. It represents his dwelling place. And, and I believe firstly, one of the things God wants us to catch, he wants us to see in a fresh way, is that he's called us to be a people of his dwelling, a people of his presence where he wants to dwell and remain and abide. And therefore we want to be a people who, not just for a meeting, be in his dwelling place, but live a life that says, God, I want to be a place of habitation, a place of your dwelling, and I don't want to live outside of your presence in any way, shape or form. So we want to be a people of his dwelling, a people where his presence is residing and remaining. And, and how do we see that happen? Well, it says the next thing she, she did was she worshipped. And so We've been looking over the last few months, last year and coming into this year, we've been looking at what does it mean to live as a worshipper? It means that we consecrate our lives. We, that means every aspect of our life, whether it's our relationship with Him, our relationship with others, or what our witness looks like, all of that is how we worship God and honour Him. And she worshipped Him, she served, 
she ministered in the temple because she was living for something beyond the moment. She was living for something that was beyond what she could see at that time. She was living for the one who was going to come and change everything. And I believe God wants us to catch that. And, and part of our worship and living as worshippers is saying, Father, I want to live a life that serves you. I want to live a life that ministers to you. And I believe that God is going to do something fresh in us over these next three weeks where we're saying, God, I want to live a life where, where my life is a dwelling place, a place of your presence, where as I worship you in my life, it's a place where I serve you and minister to you, where I serve others and minister to others. Then the next thing it says, she never left the temple. She worshipped there night and day. I believe God is taking us into something new and fresh as a church, that he's calling us into being a night and day, worshipping, praying people. And, and, and I know some of that already started at the end of last year. I know people began to pray in the night and night watches. And there are some things biblically uh, where... There talks about the watches in a 24-hour period and what those watches mean in terms of worship and prayer and, and some of the things that are prayed at different times in different watches that relate to different things. And I believe that God, over these next few weeks, is going to be speaking, if he hasn't already, to many of us about praying in the night in some way or other, not just in the day, but also in the night. We know that when the sun goes down and night time comes, we know that the devil comes out to play. And there's a lot of things that go on in the night hours. There's a lot of occult activity that goes on in the night hours. And I believe that God is going to be awakening his church, awakening his people, that we don't just live a, a lifestyle that is I'm awake in the day, but I sleep at night. I believe for the days that we're coming into and the victories that God wants to bring and the breakthroughs that we need to see and the transformation that needs to happen in our society, and in the culture, there's going to need to be a praying church 24-7, a worshipping church 24-7. And I believe that God is going to speak to more and more of us to be up in the night or the early parts of the night or the early parts of the morning or the, the, the deepest, darkest parts of the night, if we can put it that way. And we're in there praying, we're in there worshipping, whether it's at home or we go to the prayer room or a prayer room somewhere. But I believe God is calling us to live a night and day life as watchmen for His purposes that we become a church that worships and prays without ceasing. Why? Because we're not here for our own lives and to be blessed in a little way. We're here for the purpose of God to be revealed, outworked, to be unrolled in an unprecedented way. What else did she do? She was worshipping night and day, watching night and day for this thing to happen that was beyond the moment. She fasted. What does the word fast mean? It means to live set apart. It means to go without one thing so that something else can happen. That's why God is calling us to live a fasted lifestyle because we want to fast from some things that maybe everybody else is doing and living. But if we live in a fasted lifestyle, we're saying, Father, I want to live set apart. I want to live in a way where I don't mind not doing certain things or eating at certain times or doing certain things because I want to make way for something else to happen, something eternal to happen, something that's going to transform lives and families and communities. Anybody with me? Okay. Why? For God to come. What else did she do while she was fasting? She was praying. What kind of prayer was she praying? She was interceding. She was living her life between heaven and earth. 
standing between the two realms, if we could put it this way, because she was living on earth, but she also lived in a heavenly realm because she understood the purposes of God. She understood what God was doing, what, what this was leading up to and the release that was coming. She was living for the redemption of Jerusalem. She was living for the Messiah to come. She was living for the Saviour who was going to be born that was going to change everything. Now we know Jesus has already been born. He's lived, he died on a cross and rose from the dead and he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. But what are we praying for now? We're, come, we're praying for God to come in an unprecedented way. We're worshipping for God to come in an unprecedented way. We are not going to be denied everything that God has spoken, everything that God has promised. And these three weeks, we want to press into God like never before. One, because we want God to get the glory and His glory to come. Two, because there are lives, families, household, communities, the nation at stake. And we know what's going on in the nation at the moment and the challenges around everything that's been taking place, particularly last year. And it needs a church who are going to press into God, push into God to see His purposes revealed. So what was the result of this lady that lived her life set apart? The result was Jesus, the Saviour, the Redeemer. He came, he was born. What does that then mean for us? What's our response to this example of this lady? In Mark eleven seventeen, it says, when Jesus went into the temple and he cleared all the, the tables because of the money lenders and everything that they were doing at that moment, he says, is it not written that my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? On one level, prayer is the most unattractive thing we can, we can do as Christians. It's the most challenging thing to do as Christians. Uh, it's the most challenging to the flesh. Uh, whenever we start praying, often things come into our mind, oh, I've forgotten to do this, forgotten to do that. Oh, I've got to do this, that and the other. And, and prayer is one of those things that the enemy wants us distract, to distract us from. But we know that our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's a spiritual one. And the enemy knows the power of prayer when believers believe what they pray, God does and moves and things happen. So we pray to bring alignment of God's purposes on earth. We pray because we believe the prayers of the saints are the tipping point for people's lives and in this nation. We pray because we believe as the church that we govern, we legislate things in the spirit, that the ecclesia of God is not just called out to be set apart so that we're not in the world anymore or, 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 or of the world in that sense. But no, we're, we're called out so that we legislate and govern in the spirit and so that things change. So we're called over these next few weeks to see alignment of God's purposes on earth, to see tipping points take place and released in people's lives, to see things legislated and governed, to see transformation. That's what Anna was doing as a watchman. She was looking, seeing, praying, believing, guarding, making way for the Messiah to come. And I believe that as we press into God in worship and prayer over the next few weeks, that we're going to be looking, seeing, praying, believing, guarding and making way for God to come in a fresh way. How many of you want God to come in your life in a fresh way? You're saying, God, I'm open, I'm wide open. God, do whatever you want to do. Say whatever you want to say. Take me to wherever you want to take me over these next few weeks. 
So in the same way, we are watchmen. And as we encounter Jesus in worship and prayer in a greater way, it's going to make way for him to come in a fresh way, not only in us, but then also for others to come and encounter Jesus as well. Remember, he's the bridegroom. And as the bride, we want him to come. And as the bridegroom is coming and the bride hears, he is on his way. Do you hear that he is on his way? I'm not talking about the second coming necessarily. He's going to come next week. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is he is coming in a fresh way. And as the bride, we want to be expecting the bridegroom to come. And as he awakens, we want us in a fresh way. We want to respond to him. And as he is getting us ready and more glorious, then others are also then going to come and see who he is. So as watchmen, we're praying over our own lives, our households, the streets, the towns that we live in and the nation that we are part of. What are we going to pray? We're going to pray what he is praying. We're going to join in with what Jesus is praying. He's interceding for us. He's interceding for the nations right now. And so we're going to be joining in with what Jesus is doing. We're going to be praying and speaking what he is praying in 2020. So, so, what, what do we do? What's our response? Well, the first one is a heart one, isn't it? Matthew 20, 28 says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus knew why he came, why he was here. And God wants us as Christians, as the church, to understand why are we here? And that's one of the things I believe God is, is challenging me over the last recent time about. Are you prepared to give your life as a ransom? Do you want to lay your life down? Will you give your life for what I want to do? So Jesus knew why he was here. And I believe God wants to remind us in a fresh way why we're here. Yes, we have jobs. Yes, we've got stuff that goes on around our lives. But ultimately, we live, no matter where we are, where we work, what we do, we want to take his kingdom into that. We want to see people's lives impacted. We want to see the world around us changed by who, he's, who he is. So we want our lives and congregations to be a place of habitation. We want it, who we are to be a place of worship, prayer and his presence. As a result, we then see salvation, healing and freedom, which then leads to righteousness, peace and joy. Those nine things, three, three and three, those things all to go together as we begin to press into God in worship and prayer and his presence comes in a fresh way. It, we've already read a scripture that salvation is near to those who fear him. That releases his salvation. His salvation brings healing, freedom, deliverance. But then what does that lead to? Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, obviously, we've got to be totally dependent on the Holy Spirit to move forward in everything that God is going to want to do. So that first response from us is a heart response. God, I want to give myself to you afresh. I want to meet with you afresh. I want you to work in my heart and life in a fresh way. I want to be a person of a habitation in an increasing way. I don't want other things in my life, the mixture of anything else in there that's going to dilute you in any way. I want you to continue to refine me, work in me, do whatever you want to do in my heart 
and life. And as he's doing that, there's a greater response from us practically in our lives then because the heart response leads to an active response. And that active response is what we all know in Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. Uh, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them, show them by example, teach them to obey every commandment that I've given you and I'll be with you to the very end of the age. And so we now come into that continuation of the Great Commission and what God's been saying to us about making disciples, because this is what it all leads to, the worship the prayer, the encountering, the meeting with God, God coming, God revealing who he is. It means we're going to be busy making disciples. We're going to be busy not being served, but serving. Whether that's on a Sunday, where we serve on a Sunday. Because on one level, Sunday is harvest. We have more and more people coming into our Sunday meetings who don't know Jesus. We have more and more people coming who are kind of looking and, and trying to check things out. They're being invited and they're coming and we've got harvest in the room, whether it's adults, whether it's children. We have increasingly children coming who don't know Jesus because their parents are coming wanting to find out more. And we have an amazing opportunity. We have harvest field in our buildings on Sundays, wherever we meet. And what an amazing opportunity as adults to serve the next generation, to say we have harvest in the room. So I want to I want to not just sit in a meeting and listen because I'm thinking if I don't, if I'm not in there, I'll miss out. No, I've got a great opportunity to serve the next generation, to go and be in one of the children's groups, say, how can I just be here to help encourage the next generation? One, to know God. Second, to grow in the things of God. And three, to come into everything that God has called that generation to be in this season of time. What an amazing opportunity we have, even on a Sunday, to serve when people walk in the door, to say, I'm not here for myself, I'm here to greet, to meet, to welcome, to love, to, to lay down my life. That's, that's just on a Sunday, let alone any other time. Because we've got to think harvest all the time. Harvest is on a Sunday. Harvest is on a Monday. Harvest is around my house because people are coming round. We want to live our lives like we're on mission all the time because there's a harvest field around us all the time. Remember the beginning of this message, emergency, emergency, all hands on deck. And God has called us here to be part of what he is doing. So just to remind us some practical things. We have a discipleship pathway. What is that? It's to know God, live in freedom, Discover your purpose and then make a difference. Many of us are on that pathway. Many of us are growing in the things of God. But there's many, many, many others that yet to know Jesus, that we want to help know him, live free, get sorted out in their lives. Discover who they are in God and the purpose of why God's put them here and how he wants to be working through their life so that they can then make a difference, so that then they can be fruitful. And so we have all these things and, and this whole discipleship pathway is about next steps. How do I grow in God? And, and so I just want to unpack each one for a few minutes. And I know some of you might say, well, I've heard this before. But you see, we can never hear enough what God is saying to us that he wants us to be living in. Because in one sense, that we've got the same vision we've always had. Uh, revival for a generation turning the tide of a godless society. That's what we're living for. We're living for something beyond the day. But what does that look like in, to, in everyday steps? 
It means we want to help people know God. How do we do that? That's our personal witness. Win the one. Win the one person. Win the one couple. Win the one family. Win the one household. We're going to be praying into people being born again and saved during this, this, uh, this, this uh, time of worship and prayer. We've got Alpha that's running. We've seen more and more people beginning to give their lives to the Lord through Alpha. We're going to press into that a bit more this year. What is Alpha? Alpha is let's do this together. And let's bring our faith together and, and we're going to have a much, much bigger alpha kind of things happening this year. Not just like 15s and 20s meeting over here or 5s and 10s over there. We want a much bigger, because we want people to hear the gospel. And we want to help one another, champion one another in terms of what's going to be happening with Alpha. Sunday is a place of salvation. It's a place of celebration and equipping, but it's a place of salvation. So we want people to know God, personal witness. Sundays through Alpha and other things that God is going to be doing. So in that no God step, there's those things, salvation. Then we want people to live in freedom. As part of that, we know, uh, a lot of us know about freedom and the course that we've been running now for about two or three years and, and what that involves. And, and we're going to kind of rename it a little bit. We're going to be calling it living in freedom every day. Uh, because freedom isn't just something that happens to you. It's something we live in every day of our lives. And we want to make sure those that are giving their lives to the Lord, those that are coming back to the Lord, we want to make sure they're really free and living in everything that God's got for them. Battlefield of the mind, financial freedom. There's some things about purity, getting rid of sexual addictions and stuff like that. There's marriage related stuff, parenting. There's things where we want to equip people, help people to live free. We want people to live in the good of what God has done. We want to help equip people to know how to to bring others into freedom in, in, those, in those ways. Then the next step is discover your purpose because if you're not free, you're never really going to move into everything that God has for you. And so we want people then to discover their purpose. And, and how do people discover their purpose? Most of the time it starts by just get involved, just start serving, just start doing something particularly on a Sunday, which is an easy place to start serving. Starting to connect to him, do, do the welcome at the door or do the car parking or serving somewhere on a Sunday. How can I get involved? What can I do? And, and often what you find is your heart leans towards something. This is what I've got a heart for. I've got a kind of, I like this or I like that. I've got a heart for something. That's normally connected with the heart and the passion and what God has put in you and we want to help you if you don't know what your heart and passion is yet what your purpose is we run grow on Sundays after the services and part of that is to help you to discover what your passion is what your heart is because we want every person in the church to be fruitful every person to make a difference which is the next step in our discipleship pathway to make it to be fruitful because God's called every one of us and appointed all of us to bear fruit and fruit that's going to last fruit that's going to remain. So how do we make a difference? Well, you can make a difference on a Sunday by building the house, serving in some way or other. Get into a small group, be part of a small group. What are small groups? Small groups are the, the heart of relationship in the life of the church. Small groups are relationship with purpose. Every small group has a purpose, a reason why it exists. We don't just have groups that meet just to drink and have coffee and bide the time. Every group has a purpose. Why does this exist? And this is the aim. We want to see these outcomes and it's connected with heart and passion. And so relationship with purpose, which, is, uh, which defines our small groups. Other things uh, like 
uh, Child Contact Centre, Streetlight. We're going to be opening the building in Foundry Lane more during the week so that we're serving the community in greater ways. And, and you, there's something there you might want to get involved in as we uh, unpack some of that over the next few, few weeks and months and how you can serve in the building during the week as the community come in more and we serve them in a, in a greater way. So there's, there's this make a difference. You can get involved in children's ministry, youth ministry, worship, whatever it is. But let's serve because it's going to transform somebody else's life. And I believe for many of us, the next growth that's going to take place in our lives is when we serve when we invest in someone else, when we invest in other people, when we give of ourselves, you're going to find stuff comes alive in you in a different way when you begin to give and when you begin to see other people grow and be blessed and become fruitful because of how you've loved, invested, served or whatever, then that becomes part of your fruit. That becomes part of your joy because of what you see happen in somebody else's. So just get involved somewhere. Do something. Start to serve if you're not already serving. What are some of the other next steps to grow this year? Maybe some of you are saying, well, I've, 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 I've been through freedom. I'd love to help other people get set free. Maybe you could co-lead in a small group, a freedom small group. Maybe you could co-lead in the small group you're in. Maybe you could start to lead a freedom small group or lead a different type of small group that you have a heart and a passion, something you want to see happen. Uh, maybe you could be part of the Freedom Encounter team this year when we run two encounters, one in May and one later on in the autumn. Maybe you want to get plugged in more in Alpha. So I'd love to be part of the Alpha team or, or even more than that, I want to bring people to Alpha because I want to see people getting saved. Maybe you say, I want to help uh, strengthen other people's marriages or help strengthen other people's parenting. Like we've already said, youth or children's ministry. Maybe you, you think, uh, what, what would it be like to be on that accelerated leadership program that the church runs and all of that? There are loads of opportunities and ways in which you can grow and we want to help people grow and become fruitful in their lives. Now one of the things we want to do is take a few minutes this morning just to hear from some different people uh, and just hear some of the heart and the passion and the heartbeat of different areas and one of those is, is uh, Dave Hellier who is our uh, Children's and Youth Director and I just we just want to give him a few minutes just to kind of say what, what heart he has and the youth and children's team have for the next generation and uh, what their heart is for 2020 in line with everything that we've been saying. And uh, these guys that serve our young people and children are phenomenal guys. They, they lay their lives down. They carry such a heart and vision for this next generation and the way they just give and invest and they're, they're brilliant at making disciples and creating an environment for this next generation to, to, uh, to, uh, to live in. And so we don't just hand on that generation to them and say, well, you do all that. They're serving us, but as parents, we have the prime responsibility. But let's hear from these guys and just hear what is on their heart for 2020. Children are a gift from God. You know, consistently throughout the Bible, we see a pattern or a theme that children are a blessing. We are blessed. We're blessed that we have so many children in, in our church, in each of the congregations, the youth and the children's work is growing. We are blessed. As a church, we love seeing the children come in amongst us and to worship alongside us as members of the body, just like us as grown-ups. 
You know, so many people have told me that they wish they knew what our children know at their age. They would have made such different decisions as they were growing up. Our children are blessed. My heart for 2020 is to see our children know God, grow in God, and become everything that they can be in God. Dave, thanks so much just for sharing the heart of, of what you guys are carrying for the young people and for the children as part of the church and therefore what we then as a church carry because it's not just these guys that we delegated to but as, as, as a whole church we carry that same heart and vision for the next generation and how God wants to invest and raise up and release them now today in terms of impacting their generation. Now, one of the other things that, that uh, we, we're praying into, we're reaching into is the whole 25 mile radius and reaching 5,000 households. And we know that we have congregations in Horsham, Crawley, Worthing and Burgess Hill. And so we're just going to hear from the other congregation leaders. And these guys, again, do an amazing job out there, just serving and, uh, and reaching people. And I know whatever congregation you're from, you have a heart for the town that you are in. And, and not only the heart, the town that you're in, but the heart we have for the 25 mile radius. So let's just hear from these, these other congregation leaders and hear what, again, they're buzzing with for 2020. Hi, I really believe that God's got loads in store for us as a congregation in 2020. You know, this year, God wants to just take us further and deeper into his purposes and plans for Crawley. Um, last year, I really believe that God built in the unity in our congregation. He built in the belonging, the acceptance, the love, so that as new people came into our congregation and continue to come into our congregation, they really feel like they belong and they're accepted and they're part of us, part of the church family. So this year, you know, I've got a scripture. God gave me Psalm 91 verse 14 to 16. And it says this, it says, because we love him, says the Lord, he'll rescue us, he'll protect us. Because we acknowledge his name, we will call on him and he will answer us. He'll be with us in trouble, he'll deliver us and honour us and satisfy us with long life and show us his salvation. Especially at the beginning of the year when we're praying and fasting for over these next 21 days. I believe as we give him room to do more in our lives, as we give him space and we kind of just lay down some of the stuff that's not important and give him the first place in our lives. I believe he wants to do that scripture. So God has got loads planned for us and I can't wait to see it unfold this year in Crawley. Well, it's great to be able to be part of the 2020 Vision Sunday and just to reflect a little bit back on 2019 down in Worthing where we are is we, we've really seen God uncover uh, a lot of spiritual wells around prayer and worship, also the witness and um, we've started some breakthrough prayer meetings which have been really powerful, really well attended, but also encounter evenings. And going forward, we, we have a plan to start running some encounter evenings maybe every other month for the whole of 2020. And the breakthrough prayer begins to build momentum and a lot more is happening in those. Our small groups are well and developing. God has been really faithful in bringing us some, some great leaders, uh, young adults leaders, homeless group leaders, all kinds of different aspects of who we are as Kingdom Faith. But also we're thrilled that we're able to work together with several of the other churches in Worthing who really share the same heart and passion that we all do, which is to see God move in His sovereignty and in His power and change people in a real and a life-changing way. So we're thrilled 
and so looking forward to 2020. We believe, as, as Pastor Carl has already said, it's, it's going to be a little clarity that we're going to really see God do some extraordinary, unprecedented things, that we're going to continue to catch the rain as God pours out the rain of the Holy Spirit. And we just want to be willing vessels that carry God's presence across Worthing and the surrounding area. So we continue to pray, we continue to believe God, and we continue to, to believe the best for God in 2020. Thank you so much. Hey everyone, we've had a great year in 2019. God's really been building our team here in Burgess Hill. We've seen him do amazing things and he's really added some key people to the congregation. We're really looking forward to 2020. Last year, we were sharing with you how God gave us a word about making us fishers of men here in the town and this picture to go along with it where the streets of Burgess Hill were um, like rivers of living water, rivers of salvation. And we believe that God is still gonna build on that word this year, that that's not finished, but we've only seen glimpses of that so far. So we are really looking forward to that continuing in 2020. God has been giving us great opportunities in reaching out into the community. And we believe that as we're faithful in going out, God is going to be faithful in bringing people in. And we believe that 2020 is going to be a significant year for Kingdom Faith Church as a whole. So therefore also for us in Burgess Hill. So we just continue to thank God for His faithfulness and pray that His will be done and His kingdom will come here in Burgess Hill. It's just so good to hear the heart and passion of our congregation leaders because they resonate with the heart and passion of who we are as a church and the congregations that we are in. So it's exciting to hear what we're going to all be pressing into together for 2020. What's another aspect of who we're called to be? We're called as an apostolic church and therefore we have a heart for the nation. So we pray for the nation, we pray into the nation, we pray for our government, we pray for a fresh move of God in our nation. But also we have three apostolic hubs. We have Yorkshire, uh, South West, and we have London. And <clears throat> these guys are, are seeing some amazing things happen uh, in their respective areas. And God is developing things in those regions. And I know they're beginning to have more of an influence beyond just who they are as a church and reaching individual people and they have an impact in their towns and in their region and what they're getting involved in. So we want to, we'll, we'll hear some stories uh, over the coming weeks of what God is doing uh, in those areas and in those places as, uh, as they're also pressing into God at the beginning of the new year in the same way as we are. Uh, we continue to have partnering churches around this nation and across Europe carrying the same heart and spirit that we have. And uh, we continue to build those relationships, work with and serve other churches around the nation and uh, in different parts of Europe. Now, we also have a heart for other nations and we just want to take a moment to honour those who are working overseas, who have given their lives to do that in other nations, other cultures. We have more than 20 different people overseas uh, working in more than 30 nations in terms of the amount of nations some of them go into as well. And uh, they're preaching the gospel through various forms of media, other platforms, personally being there face to face, reaching the next generation. Some are housing, clothing, feeding orphans and widows. People are going into challenging situations. Some are in nations that is very, very difficult and challenging to be and to uh, as Christians and to preach and, and live the gospel out in different ways. 
And so we want to bless them. We want to champion them. We, we, we give financially. We, we sow in prayer. And I know some of you have been out to some of those places, some of those nations. And so we want to continue this year to champion those guys out where they are and in everything that they are doing as part of who we are as a church, as Kingdom Faith. Also, there's other growing connections across nations that where people are saying we want to connect with kingdom faith in different ways. And they're asking maybe initially Jane and I of being involved in certain things, but really that's opening new doors for kingdom faith to then get involved in different things. Some of that is, is involved in prayer movements uh, in Europe and, and other areas. Some of that is in relation to Israel and various things to do with uh, the Jewish people as well. And, and just to take a few moments to remind us in regards to Israel, that God has called us as Kingdom Faith to be a lead boat in the UK, to bring a biblical understanding of God's purposes for Israel to the church in the UK. We're not saying we're the only people doing that, but we know God's given us a mandate to do that and we want to continue to stay true to that, reaching church leaders, reaching the next generation. And one of the ways we're doing that is we're partnering with a number of others uh, in an organisation called Israel Next, which is really taking Israel to the next generation. And, and Israel Next really is to be a resource hub, a resource base to get stuff into the hands of the next generation so that they reach their own peers, their own generation with God's heart for Israel, the Jewish people and what, what God is doing. We continue to have growing relationship with the Israel Embassy in the UK and with the Jewish community. We continue to build relationship between pastors and rabbis and what God wants to do in that context. We want to stand with the Jewish community against anti-Semitism and everything that goes on uh, in, in relation to those things. We're going to be running one or two other Israel conferences, day things during this year like we did last year. So God has given us a vision that is local, but he's given us a vision that is global. So what's our response to this morning's message, to what God is saying? The first question here, in relation to prayer and fasting, here's a question. What is your watch? What is your watch in the, in the prayer and fasting 24-7 over the next three weeks? God maybe have spoken to you already as we encourage you sort of running up to Christmas time to be praying into this 21 days of prayer and fasting and everything that God wants to do. What is your watch? When does God want you to set aside the time to pray? And it might be for one hour each day for 21 days. I believe God wants us to all watch and pray every day in some way, not just one hour in the week sometime, but I believe God wants every one of us to have a prayer watch every day for 21 days. And so what's your prayer watch? It might be for one hour. It might be some of you God speaks to you and, and he puts two hours on your heart. It might be two, you know, like seven till nine in the evening or three to five in the afternoon or four till six in the morning. It might be two individual hours. It, the Lord might say to you, I want you to pray from seven to eight in the morning, seven to eight in the evening. I, I don't know. But just be asking the Holy Spirit over the next day or two, what's my watch? When do you want me to pray? And in relation to that then, the same question that I believe God is asking us today as he was last year, what are our next steps? What do they look like? Because we constantly want to move forward 
with God. Your next steps are determined by what he's saying to you. When he speaks to you, faith is released to take those next steps. And when you take steps of faith, things start happening. Things start getting released. So I want to encourage you, watch, watch your watch and what are your next steps? Why is this so important? Because God wants to come. God wants to come in an unprecedented way. And so we're going to pray and, and uh, I'm just going to sort of pray on, uh, and, and then in a moment we're going to turn it over to each congregation. And one of the things we're going to do this morning is we're going to use a song and it's fullness, but part of it is about spirit come, spirit come. And so I'm just going to pray now and then off the back of that in each congregation, we're going to put that track on and then we're going to use it as a, as a cry from our heart for God to come, to release his spirit, to do something unprecedented. Are you up for that this morning? You're up for, for praying. So let's all stand to our feet, shall we? Let's all get onto our feet and we're just going to pray and then we're going to go into that song and use that song again as a heart cry to the Lord. Father, we thank you for everything you did in 2019. But we know that that year is gone, it's finished. And now we're in a new year, 2020. Father, we thank you before anything has taken place this year. We thank you for all the people that are going to give their lives to you this year. We thank you for every healing, every miracle, every household coming to know you. We thank you for what you're going to do in this nation in 2020 before it's even happened. And Father, we want you to have the glory. We want to acknowledge you're the one who's going to do everything this year. But Father, we want to make ourselves available. We say here, Father, we've not come to be served, but we've come to serve. And we want to make our, our, our lives, our homes, our families, we want to make everything we have, our bank accounts, we want to make everything available to you, Father, so that you can breathe on us, you can breathe through us, and you can release your life in us and through us, Father, in an unprecedented way. So, Father, I thank you. You've called, all, you've called us all to be watchmen. And as we take our watches, the place of prayer and worship in the next three weeks, we thank you for your grace to enable us to worship, your grace to enable us to pray, your grace to, to enable us to hear from you, to pray in line with you, your grace to strengthen whatever fasting we're doing. We thank you that you grace us to fast over these next few weeks. You grace us to encounter you in a fresh way. And we exalt you and we praise your awesome name. And Father, as we put this track on now, fullness, spirit come, we thank you as you hear this heart cry that you would move by your spirit in every congregation across this church and across this region and beyond in this nation in 2020. So Father, we praise you, we exalt you, we give you a shout of praise, we give you thanksgiving right now and we praise you as you're going to move in 2020 in a way that we've never known and seen before. We praise your awesome name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys, whatever congregation you're in and let's let this song be a heart cry from all of us. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.